This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen. Hello and welcome back to our Be Well podcasts. Today we're going to discuss the impact of diet and nutrition on our well-being. Joining me today I have Alex Johnston from the Rowett Institute and students Georgia May, Lisa Marie, Kayleigh and Godlin. Can we do some quick introductions so our listeners know who you are and why you volunteered to be part of our podcast today? Hi Rebecca, um, so I'm a professor of human nutrition at the Rowett Institute um, and I'm Alex and yeah, really looking forward to some great discussion today. Thanks for the invitation. Hi Rebecca, I'm Georgia May and I'm a fourth year student and I study English literature and French. Hi, uh, I'm Lisa Marie, I'm originally from Germany and I'm doing my Masters of Law here in Aberdeen. Hi, I'm Kayleigh. I'm in third year. I'm studying psychology and sociology and I'm here because I find it quite an interesting topic so I'm happy to be involved. Hiya, um, I'm Godlin and I study psychology and I've just always wanted to be part of a podcast. Brilliant, thanks guys. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really looking forward to our discussions today. So our physical well-being is not just about keeping active, it also includes our diets, what we eat and what we drink. Our diets are all diverse. Some may be plant-based, others may have to watch out for allergens or intolerances. Others may watch and track what they eat and others might eat exactly what they eat when they want. Regardless of our differences in our diets, all of our diets have things in common. We eat, like what we eat reflects how we look, how we feel and how we function day to day. So what is a good diet? Should we focus on maintaining the balance or is following a strict diet plan when desired the way to go? Um, I think a balanced diet because I love eating healthy but occasionally I do love a bit of chocolate <laughs> just to treat myself after doing a, like eating well for a while. Uh, yeah, I, I think... <laughs> I think a lot of my friends could maybe describe me as like a cereal dieter from when I was younger. Um, I, when I say younger, I mean like just after going to uni um, because I was never actually focused on diet in terms of nutrition. It was more just what I would want to eat and it was never really unhealthy, but I would always like to try new kind of fad crash diets that were out. And I think I finally realised at like 22, um, that it's just really important, yeah, that the old saying is true, you know, moderation is, is key. Everything in moderation is probably the healthiest solution long term and the most sustainable. I think it's important to have it quite balanced. I think when you focus like too much on being healthy, what I found is that because I'm like, depriving myself of certain foods, such as like chocolate, which is always my weak point, I'll end up kind of binging it. So have a balanced diet, but don't be like too strict on yourself at the same time. So um, it's Alex here. What I would like to say is that um, I think a balanced diet is really important because not only does it keep our body healthy, but can help us feel our best uh, too. And I think it's important to remember that not uh, one single food contains all the nutrients that they require for a healthy diet. And that's why we've got um something like the eat well guide that gives us advice as to what we should be eating um which is um a range of fruit and vegetables starchy products dairy uh, uh proteins and fats and oils and then keeping the sort of high energy um sugar and sweet treats 
uh, as treats and then last but not least just remembering about uh, hydration so uh, I think that um, somebody said there that moderation was important and I think that's quite right so we don't really as nutritionists classify foods as good foods or bad foods we think about a range of foods that can contribute towards a healthy diet I think it can really um, differ for people because I feel like when you enter the state when you find really I would say food freedom where you just know what works for you what your body needs how you like nutrition your body it's really freeing but um, I personally know a lot of people myself included who went through phases like um, following certain diets because I worked in the fitness industry for six years but um, since I'm not working anymore I feel like there's literally a weight lifted off my shoulders because now I don't need to look a certain way at a certain time but I can just eat how I feel my best and look how I want to look right now so I really think that's that's the kind of freedom that we all should um, try for. Yeah I completely agree with, with what you guys say and I'm definitely a firm believer in imbalance because like you say if you're starving yourself of the the food that you, re you really enjoy like your, your their treats then you are you are gonna like go on, go on a binge and I've, I've been guilty of doing that myself trying to be really strict and maybe watch, watch my weight um so you just try and cut out all the the bad things as such and it's completely not sustainable and I kind of like to look at it as a lifestyle change so you know I might have a good day when I when I have like eat some really good foods and I might have a day where I don't eat such good foods but over the course of the week um it's kind of balanced itself out and it's and it is a totally around that balance and I suppose the key, key to remember is that no as Alex said there's no good foods or bad foods because not not any one single food will contain all the nutrients and stuff that we need for our, our healthy balanced diet and I think there's a lot of talk around the, you know, the our physical health and our diets and everyone kind of knows the, the connotations of maybe not eating a healthy diet and the effect that can have on your physical health. But something that's not spoken about enough, I think, is the, the link between mental health and our diet. So we've kind of touched a little bit already on what we eat can improve our mood, give us energy and help us to think more clearly. What are your thoughts and have you guys noticed differences in your moods when you eat certain foods or when you don't eat certain foods and does the timing of meals make any difference at all? Okay, so maybe uh, following up with what I just said, like there was a time for me when I just went to bed hungry and I couldn't sleep because I was so hungry, but I already hit my calorie limit for the day. So I just basically told myself, okay, now you just have to get through it until you have a reset the next day. And it makes you honestly miserable, like you're grumpy all the time, you don't have a lot of energy um, and it really, it, it doesn't brighten your mood and no, <laughs> quite the opposite actually. So I feel like the more stress you have upon your life, the better it is to not forget to eat, to eat something that makes you good, that's nutritious, that makes you satisfied as well, because for me that's the... Um, point when I thrive the most also academically and also personally and I feel like with the timing of meals it's really individual like I'm a person who cannot eat lots of big meals so I prefer to have smaller meals but for example I usually have lunch around 11 a.m because that's the time I when I've been already studying for three hours and I get hungry again so I feel like it's really individual when you want to eat 
and how much you want to eat when you have a meal. So I think this is a fascinating topic um, to think about how the foods that we eat can impact on our brain and this is what I call the food gut brain axis. And this is really a, an evolving area of research and I suppose to try and summarise it, what my views are is that I, from what I can see is that healthy eating patterns like the Mediterranean diet tend to be associated with better mental health than the unhealthy eating patterns such as the Western diet. But we certainly need a lot more research to try and understand the mechanisms that link uh, food and mental well-being, just to try and determine how and when nutrition can be used to improve mental health. And I think it was really uh, interesting there that Lisa Marie mentioned timing of eating, because that's something I'm interested in as well, and that we, some of us maybe do have a more early morning type chronotype, sort of up the lark, and then some of us maybe have a sort of um, owl type chronotype, so we're more an evening type person. And that certainly does exist, and that's something I'm interested in, is how not just what we eat, but when we eat can influence our health and well-being. And I think it's a really fascinating area of research. Uh, I think food definitely has an impact on, on mental health and how you're thinking. And I think also in the culture that we live in nowadays, there's so much on social media of what you should be doing and what foods you should be eating. And, and I think it's actually so important you know nutrition and diet is such an individual thing and we all know what works for ourselves but I think it's really um important to to learn and for yourself and to see your own changes because it'll increase your confidence um somebody once said to me be your own scientist and I think that's a really good way of looking at it you know just have a play a bit with what works for you and and find where you're happy with but I also think I mean that the the idea of being on a diet and restricting yourself if there's over restriction it can feel like or, or lead to punishments or you know mentally if you're thinking oh I, I shouldn't be eating this and I should it, no it doesn't matter <laughs> you know and if you have that constant kind of nag in your head this is bad what I'm doing and so I think it, it really is about reprogramming your brain as well you know, so what? You had a bit of chocolate. You know, you can do something else tomorrow. And I just think, yeah, it, it definitely has a, a big impact on it. And I think whether it's a good impact or a bad impact is all about how our mindsets are towards it. Yeah, I think that's a great point because it's strong to emphasise like how every body is different and we all need different nutrition and diet plans and not to compare ourselves to other people which is highly done in social media right now. I definitely think the like timing of meals I've noticed is like more important as well. I think that when it reaches like a certain point at night, like I've got a tendency to get quite hungry and I'll tend to think of like maybe say crisps or chocolate, which isn't obviously the best maybe at that time of night, but sometimes you do enjoy. But I've noticed that um, at that time when I'm eating that things, as soon after I kind of feel like worse for it so some nights I will enjoy it and I'll indulge but others I do try to not as much at least um just for the time of it really more than anything um but I think as well like junk food at night 
that can really quite leave me going to bed at least in quite like a negative sort of mindset. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm definitely guilty of binge eating junk food in the evening and I'm a firm believer that that's down to the fact that I'm tired so I'm craving something to spike my energy and you know because my my blood sugar's dropped I've maybe not had enough nutrition throughout the day so I'm like really craving something sugary and fatty because I just need that energy spike to kind of get me through and often it does it works it um you know spikes my energy I feel a little bit more alert but then that can be a bad thing if I eat that too close to bed because then you know I'm not really doing anything with the energy as such either and like you say as well like it, like it can make you feel groggy as well like you maybe had it it feels good in the moment but then afterwards it's you know it's been that fast release of energy and I suppose we should be trying to aim for the slow release of energy in our food to kind of keep us um, like maintenance throughout the day and as well, I think something that I don't do enough is I don't drink enough water and enough fluid. And that really can like create like a, a brain fog and make it really difficult for me for me to concentrate in the day. And I think like water and fluid is so important in terms of like our digestive system as well. It really helps to aid our digestive system. And if we're not um putting enough water into our bodies, then that can tire us down as well and just make us feel really sluggish and lethargic. So it definitely like it makes such a such an impact like I really find that food impacts my mental health more more than my physical health I mean I'm quite an active person so I have that that I'm eating and I'm burning the burning the energy as such but I do notice a difference when I make a a cautious effort to to try and get like even like some parts of my my five a day like I'm not going to get my five a day every day I'm not a huge lover of um fruit and veg but even if I just try and have like one extra bit like just the fibre makes such a difference to my well-being and body. Um, do you guys have any more any more thoughts on your personal experiences in terms of mental health and diet or even physical health? So it's Alex again. I think um, it's interesting to reflect that we probably all do have our own food and mood associated habits. And it's important to remember that we've learned these so eating is a form of behaviour and it's a form of learned behaviour. So often, like you said, Rebecca, if you feel tired and you feel that you need a boost of energy, then that drop in glucose is a physiological response. And then if you have something like a common one would be chocolate or perhaps caffeine or both, um, then that gives you the instant energy and then you maybe feel better after that and then you kind of associate the positive effects of the rise in glucose with eating a particular food. So that's quite a common one that I've described there but um, certainly for me one of my um, food traits is not in the evening but it's actually first thing in the morning. Um, everybody knows that I have to have a cup of coffee I feel so much better and um, that really gets me going. So that's something I've learned that that caffeine boost first thing in the morning really um, has such a positive influence on me. But just as I learned that, then I could learn you know, other different uh, food associated traits. And of course, our appetite can change and that's entirely subjective. And what might be a treat for you 
whether it's cheese, whether it's something salty or whether it's something sweet, is going to be different from person to person. And that's what's so fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is different for everyone. And, and I suppose everyone's palate is different as well. So, for example, I... I would not eat like a, a full salad bowl because to me that just isn't enjoyable and then um, but I would have like a side salad with like something else so then I'm still trying to get like my nutrients in but in different ways I'm not thinking I have to eat eat this salad because um, I'm told this is a good thing to eat so I should be eating it but instead I, I'll break it down and have something else with with what I'm really fancying and what I want and then have like the salad on the side so I suppose it's kind of about making the small changes where where we can as well in our diet to to help our our mental health and physical health like I always feel good when I've eaten like salad I'm like oh I've had salad <laughs> um, but like I've had that on the side with with something else as well so I, I do feel that that makes such a difference to our mental health as well and physically you just like I don't know there's something about having something fresh like fre- a fresh cold salad it just makes you you feel better more hydrated more nourished um like you've got so much more energy as well and I guess that kind of um leads us on quite nicely to looking a little bit into food labels and nutritional value of food so I guess that's exactly what our food labels does. It tells us what we're, what we're eating and, you know, there'll be a recommended serving size and cooking method to help us make healthier choices when, when we're buying our food. So in the UK, we follow a traffic light system. So for example, if you see like a green label on your food, it'll mean that they're, um, mean the food is low in either um, fat, fat, salt and saturated fats. I mean, it's low in that, so it's probably a healthier choice. Then you obviously you have amber, which would go into medium, which means that's fine as part of your balanced diet. And then if you see red, then it's maybe to try not to have that so often in your diet. So is food nutritional label something that you guys consider when you're shopping or are you purely driven by the price of food? I think food labels are definitely like beneficial for in the sense of maintaining a healthy diet and knowing exactly what is in the food that you're buying and eating but in saying that as well I think it can be quite like self-damaging because I think that depending on how you see your own self-image you can look more closely at that and take a much more negative like stance from it so I think they're beneficial to an extent and they should be looked at but differently to how they are I absolutely 100% what you're agreeing there with Kaylee. It's such a fine balance of being aware and knowing what you're putting into your body, but not becoming obsessive over it as well. And that it's all part of the, the balanced diet. So I think that the traffic light system certainly try, tries to aid that, that it's okay to have, you know, some bits of re- some bits of red in it, but maybe try not to have all of the lights red at the bottom. Certainly for me, I I do look at food labels, but that's because I have an allergy. So I have celiac disease, so I can't eat gluten. So I generally I generally look at the back for the ingredients rather than at the front. So I am like I am quite aware of what's going into my body. I, I guess I have to be because I have an allergy, but then there is there is that risk that I'm I'll be looking too too much into that and could become could become a little bit obsessive with with it. And that's what, what you don't want. It is about having Again, I keep saying the word balance, but it is about having that informed knowledge to make that decision what you're putting into that body, but then in, into your own body, but then not. Yeah, I think you get what I mean. <laughs> it's Alex again. So I think you mentioned um, serving size. I think it's worth 
um, flagging up that that's just uh, what's recommended by the manufacturer and often we just completely ignore that, don't we? We use our own portion size. If you think about when we're pouring cereal, we don't usually stand with a set of scales and the plate on the scales to measure the exact serving size. So it's important to remember that that um, some of us will eat less and some of us will eat more than the um, serving size. And I think that a lot of foods actually don't have traffic lights because we've been talking about fibre and, um, you know, um, a lot of processed foods will have um, the traffic lights. But actually, you know, where fruit and vegetables don't have traffic lights on. So, um, and it's sometimes confusing to know what would count as a portion size towards... Uh, sort of our five a day so um yes it's it's it can be quite confusing for people who uh, are not uh, aware of what the traffic light system is trying to do yes it can be quite challenging um i think if you know how to handle the traffic light system it can be quite helpful and this is coming from somebody whose home country doesn't have an um traffic light system we are still debating about introducing one and What I also uh, recognized here in the UK that you have those uh, declarations like suitable for vegetarian, suitable for vegan. And we don't have this in Germany, like we have a little symbol for it, but not always. And it's quite hard, actually, if you're like me, also following like a more plant-based diet, you always read everything on the back. So I really appreciate this um, stated on products. But also uh, what Alex mentioned is that the portion sizes are just like recommendations from somewhere. Um, and also it's hard to, um, to, uh, to have two products um, that you want to compare if the portion size maybe is different. So um, what I do, I prefer to look at the per 100 gram um, score on the bag if I really want to compare something for any reasons. But I feel like it's, it's a good attempt made with the Ample system, but certainly there has to be more education done for people really to work with it properly. Yeah, I, I agree with what Lisa Marie is saying. Like I have started uh, following a vegan diet, so being able to read food labels and all the information is, is really useful. Um, but also, I, I mean, there's so many, so many free apps out there, but I've been using MyFitnessPal, which is another way to, I sometimes use it to track. I don't track all the time. It just depends um, what I'm doing, how I'm feeling. But I think MyFitnessPal is useful because you can alter it more to your needs. So, you know, if you haven't followed the serving size or if you've had more or less or a little bit of it and having something else, um, it's really interesting to see the, the, the values, the nutritional values. And I don't track my calories, but if I am tracking, I'll track my macros. So my macronutrients, which is proteins, carbs and fats. Um, and because I have transitioned into a vegan lifestyle, I want to make sure that I'm still getting um, my plant-based proteins and so it is really useful for me to just be able to see what I've had, what I still can have. Um, yeah, so I I try and use it to my benefit and yeah, again, I just think it is about how you approach it with the right mindset. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I, I do like my fitness palette. I, I use it kind of on and off as well kind of depending on, on my mood and, and what my goals are but it's very useful I think to have a, a broad understanding of of what you're what you're putting into your body as well because then that will will cor correlate to maybe the energy you, you want to expend like if you're like I exercise every day 
probably for about half an hour to an hour um so then I would need to take more food into my body than maybe what someone would who is sitting down all day and, and not exercising but again it, it is striking that balance as well and not becoming obsessive with the with the diet or the exercise so I've used my fitness pal to get an understanding of what I generally eat you know I generally eat the same sort of food so I kind of have a good understanding now of the nutrients value of the food that I do eat but that's why I don't need to track it all the time I've, I've got that broad understanding from using that app that I now don't rely on it or, or use it all the time and I think like one of the most important things for me in my um, gluten-free diet is it can be can be quite expensive and some of the the vegan stuff can be expensive as well so I wonder um well, sure, we all would like to save some money. So do you guys have any tips that we can share with our listeners on how to eat well for less? I'm currently back at my family home in Glasgow, so I actually haven't been thinking as much about saving. But when I am living in Aberdeen, uh, I always try to, to plan my meals in advance before I go shopping. So I can plan what I'm having but then also it means when I write my list it corresponds with the meals and I'm less likely to buy rubbish that I don't need um, and also doing things like batch cooking really helps with uh, with costs and yeah changing to there are certain things on a vegan diet that maybe are more expensive but when I'm not buying meat which is expensive and you know different things like that I'm thinking that it all evens out but definitely there are ways to to manage it um, yeah, and I also feel like this might sound really crazy to some people, but if you shop in different places, I've kept my receipts and, you know, you can compare, oh, this is this much here and it's such a student lifestyle, but, you know, it, it has worked out and it's interesting. So sometimes I'll just know, oh, but yeah, uh, that yogurt's more expensive in Tesco or I'll go to Morrison's for that. And, you know, it's all just like, ex you know, experimenting. And if you need to get your steps up, you know, you can walk. There's loads of shops around. So, yeah, it's just all about... Uh, trying different things um, I'm staying in Aberdeen because I have to work so I can't go back home and um, so I've been trying to cook more and because of lockdown I have a small cheeky TikTok addiction so I found like someone who does student meals and then they give you like easy plans like shopping lists and everything and it's cheap as well it tells you how much it adds up to which is perfect and it's not time consuming either so it's great and that's what I do. <laughs> so I agree with Godlin actually. I was going to say um, food waste is such a hot topic just now, isn't it? To try and move to more towards a healthy and sustainable diet, not just at an individual level, but sort of from a sort of planetary point of view in terms of having, um, using our resources in an appropriate way. And we know that there's a lot of waste of fruit and vegetables and bread, for example. So I think Georgia May said about having a, a shopping list. And I think that's really um, important to try and think about planning meals in advance and making sure you've bought the right amount of, um, of food to make the recipes that you're going to be uh, planning to, to eat. So, yeah, no, these are great tips. I enjoy listening to them. I really enjoy cooking um, and um, I also enjoy the tip about batch cooking. So, for example, soup is a favourite of mine. Um, so, yes, this is great. Yes, yeah, so I think nobody really likes to hear it, but I found that um, here in the UK, fresh fruit and vegetables are quite inexpensive. 
actually um, way cheaper than getting frozen meals or anything so like cooking at home and using fresh ingredients and maybe cooking for two days to make a larger portion is a really good tip and also um, like not relying always on branded products for example if you have a house brand it's basically the same sometimes it's made in the same uh, uh, manufactory than the branded product and what i did when i was living with my boyfriend for my undergrad we always put at the beginning of the month a certain budget um, that we wanted to spend on food together so if one of us went shopping we used that money and then we had to like see that it's um, holding us through the whole month you know and of course it doesn't work out the first month or the second but then you kind of get a grip how much money you need um, what is maybe too expensive to buy with every food shop so like set yourself a budget and try out what you really spend for a week or what you need to spend is a good tip that worked for me yeah I think it's really important to try and have like a budget because although sometimes you can maybe find yourself spending quite a lot on food or at least I can it's important to kind of remember as well that you shouldn't really be spending an excessive amount on food and I think like I really agree with what Georgia May said about cooking in batches depending on what you're cooking some things I think you can cook in larger quantities and you can't even just keep it say for the next day or you could even freeze and I've noticed that that is like a really good way for myself to save money. Yeah absolutely I'm a great believer and lover of batch cooking it's great for you know eating your meals out a little bit more like for example a pot of chili can go so far if you just put in some more like kidney beans and stuff it totally widens up everything that you've got but also in terms of that what I like about the the batch cooking and stuff as well is you know you can prepare it when you've got time so you've got a healthy nutrition nutritional meal and you can you know freeze that and then take it out at another point when you maybe don't have so much time like if you're really stressed with like you're studying you've maybe got an, an exam coming up and you know you just want to grab something really really quick to eat like we've always got um pots of chili like in the freezer that we can take out and then within you know five ten minutes you've got a, a nutritional meal in front of you so I think in terms of the saving money it's great as well but also it's a great way of getting a good nutritional meal when you are are feeling a little bit stressed and you've got a little bit less time it's I guess maybe not so important just now with we're, we're all kind of at home we, we're not having to be out and about as much but certainly when I was working and in the office it was always something that you know if you're tired when you come home from work or from uni it's great to just put something in the microwave but you've got this ready made nutritional meal as such. I don't know if anyone here has used it, but there's a thing called Too Good To Go, and it's where different companies or things uh, have waste at the end of the day, and they'll really reduce the prices, or sometimes it can be completely free, uh, and you can go there and pick it up, and whether it's fruit or veg or lentils or whatever, you know, uh, it's quite a nice way to shop uh, not in a supermarket, you know, and, and make use of local produce around you. That sounds great, George May. Well, I'll share the link to that with our listeners in the episode description. That sounds really cool. I would just like to thank you guys for coming along to our discussion today. I really enjoyed the discussion. I've got some tips for how I can uh, save some money and make sure I get, get my nutrition in. I've really enjoyed hearing your points of view and just thank you so much for coming. To any of our listeners, I will share some links to all the topics that we discussed today in the episode description. So if you're looking for ways to save some money in the supermarket or if you want to know a little bit more information on food labels, I will share those links so you'll be able to access them. 
And finally, thank you to you, our listeners, for listening in today. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Take care and I'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen.